Live Well Podcast, episode number 21. Hi, and welcome to Live Well Podcast, formerly Blooming Beauties. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kim. And I'm Allie. We are a mother-daughter team from the Chicagoland area. I have changed the name of our show. Um, While I have loved the name of Blooming Beauties, it isn't uh, really clear what the podcast is about based on that name. I mean, it could be about gardening. Right. Uh, So I wanted to choose a name that would better indicate the purpose of my podcasting, and I had received some advice that it might help generate more listeners with a name change that's more descriptive. I will have um, some new contact information at the end of the show. And um, today we'll be talking about SPF and also our body-specific skin needs. Um, We did a podcast about skin care and sun protection on episode 18, I believe, Um, but we didn't talk about SPF, so we'll do that today. Okay, so what SPF do we choose? Sun protection is an everyday must for anyone that's concerned with keeping their skin in top shape, and that includes preventing skin cancer or avoiding wrinkles, brown discolorations, building collagen, and keeping skin firm. SPF 15 is the minimum rating to look for, although a higher SPF is better for some skin colors and conditions. All sunscreens must be liberally applied, and you need one and a half ounces for the entire body. So that's like a shot glass full of sunscreen for the whole body. Oh, wow. So did you know that we are supposed to use that much sunscreen, Allie? No, I've never heard that before. You know what a shot glass looks like, right? Uh, Yeah, I do. Okay, so that's a lot of sunscreen, actually. I don't know. I didn't know how many people were aware of that, and we didn't mention it in our previous episode, which is number 18. You were correct. Okay. Um. There are several important factors that influence how we should choose and apply a sunscreen. The longer we are going to be in the sun or exposed to UVA radiation through windows, like traveling in a car, the higher the SPF number we need to apply. Did you know that uh, the sun can give us a suntan through windows? I actually learned that when we went to a water park and it was indoors, but it had a lot of windows and we had to apply sunscreen anyway because the rays, you know, they come through the windows. Oh, what water park was that? Where was I? The wilderness, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't know that you knew that. But uh, yeah, that was always one of those things where I had heard that, but I didn't know for sure. But it was, I had it confirmed on a website that I trust the information. So anyway, so yeah, traveling in a car, we need to wear sunscreen. Right. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No matter what SPF rating we do choose, we have to apply it liberally. If we aren't applying it liberally, always go for a higher number to ensure we are getting as many sunscreen ingredients on our skin as possible. Um, Will will we be swimming or sweating heavily? If so, we should choose sunscreens labeled water-resistant. Be sure to reapply as directed, especially after toweling off. Okay. Uh, We should also take into consideration skin type and whether or not we will be wearing makeup. So for those people that have normal to dry skin... Um, you should use sunscreen that's in a lotion or a cream base. For people with oily or combination skin, um, those people would want to go for sunscreens that are formulated in a lightweight lotion, um, also some kind of a liquid or alcohol-free gel base, and many of the spray-on sunscreens are excellent for oily skin. You like the spray-ons just because of the convenience, don't you? Yeah, it's much easier to spray it on you instead of you know spreading it. Yeah, plus it doesn't seem as messy. If you're going to be wearing foundation, choose one with sunscreen and then you can pair it with a moisturizer with sunscreen 
And then, you know, some people like to use pressed powder and that can sometimes contain, contain sunscreen. Um, I do want to let you know that your protection is whatever the highest SPF rating is. So if you're wearing layers of, if you've got a foundation, if you've got a moisturizer with sunscreen and foundation with sunscreen, um, it's going to be whatever the highest rating is. So for example, if your moisturizer is an SPF 20 and then your foundation is an SPF 15, then your protection is 20. You don't add those numbers, so it's not a cumulative thing. So just wanted to let you know that. Okay. Regardless of your skin color and how easily you tan, wrinkles, skin discolorations, and skin cancers are primarily caused by unprotected sun exposure. The sun protection factor, which is the SPF, indicates the relative length of time that a product protects your skin before sunburn occurs. And a product rated SPF 15 allows us to stay in the sun, and it screens about 93 to 95% of the UVB rays. An SPF of 30, the strength most experts advise, those sunscreens um, screen out about 97% of the UVB rays. UVA protection is included in broad-spectrum sunscreens, but it's measured a little bit differently. And as a note, uh, just because someone has darker complected skin does not mean that they can be in the sun unprotected. I think sometimes people think that, you know, if you have a really dark complexion or olive complexion that you can be protected. Skin cancer can strike people of all skin colors. So everyone, regardless of their skin color, should be protecting their skin. Right. Um, so what is the difference between UVB and UVA? Um Actually, I have no idea, which is why I have information here. I didn't know it either, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so UVB rays, um, they penetrate within the epidermal layers, the top layers of the skin. Um, they cause sunburns and skin discolorations, and they may make the skin prone to skin cancer. Um, UVA rays can easily reach the dermal layer, which is deeper in the skin. Um, they cause aging of collagen, elastin, and other skin components. And they, too, can make the skin prone to skin cancer. Okay. So now we are moving on to um, specific uh, needs for the body. Most of the skin on our bodies is typically protected from UV exposure because we wear clothing, unlike our face, which is um, subjected to the sun on a daily basis. However, our body skin has its own special needs, the physiological differences of skin, depending on its location and the fact that skin on the body is often neglected, makes uh, body-specific products a necessity. And although the skin conditions typically treated on the face also occur on the body, treatment and management varies from face to body. So for these reasons, the skin on our body is best served with products that are formulated specifically to address these unique needs and to address the fact that our skin is different on our body. Um, for special skin, uh, the basic structure and function of the skin remains the same regardless of where it is on the body, but small differences play a considerable role in how we treat our skin. The most significant differences are in cell turnover rate, sebaceous activity, and epidermal thickness. Um, cell turnover rate, the cell turnover rate in body skin is slower than in facial skin because of dryness, neglect, and decreased environmental exposure. The combination of these factors usually means that the skin on our bodies is unable to exfoliate properly. Um, for sebaceous activity, the sebaceous glands in the skin secrete an oily or waxy matter called sebum to lubricate the skin and hair. 
This sebaceous activity is much lower in the skin on the body versus that of the face, primarily because this, the body's sebaceous glands are located mostly on the face and scalp. This can make dry and impacted skin more of an issue on the body. And I also notice that as I get older, my skin seems to get a little bit drier. You probably don't understand that, but <laughs> I do notice that my skin is a little drier as I've gotten older. Well, less moisture is on the skin as you get older, which is... Well, and I'm sure it has to do with just the body's functioning as we get older also. Yeah. Um, epidermal thickness. This varies de depending on the location of the skin. The facial skin is much thinner, while the skin on the body is thicker. The additional growth of bacteria and thickening of the skin becomes more of an issue on the body. So because of these things that Allie talked about, there are some hidden challenges. Although many of the same skin conditions that appear commonly on the face also plague the body, people often simply just cover them up. So uh, one of them is body acne. This is incredibly common, particularly in teenagers, but in more humid climates. And I also have trouble with this sometimes when I start new workout routines. Backne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Increasing exfoliation and keeping the area well cleansed and hydrated are keys to clearing acne breakouts on the body. Products with salicylic acid or glycolic acid will help to exfoliate the skin and then help reduce the breakouts. Now, I also try to always wear cotton t-shirts while I'm exercising. Um, my esthetician has told me that cotton absorbs the sweat better and then it, it better than other fabrics, and then it keeps it off from my skin. Oh, so and different then, materials do make a difference then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cotton absorbs more of the sweat and keeps it away from the body. Mm. Um, I've noticed things with either polyester or sometimes some of those stretchy materials. Mm -hmm. It seems like the, the sweat sits on my body more. But then I also make sure that I shower right away when I'm done too. Hyperpigmentation. This commonly affects the hands, the arms, and the chest, and these areas are subject to daily UV exposure, and they're often neglected when it comes to sunscreen use, and I have to admit, I'm not always good about putting sunscreen on my hands. Uh, these brown spots are due to overactive pigment production due to sun exposure. Melasma patches occur mainly on the face and are triggered by estrogen level changes in conjunction with sun exposure. There are products available to help lighten those spots, and um, I don't know if any of you know that, some of you might know that I sell Arbonne, and Arbonne's Revelage products do help to brighten skin and even the pigmentation. And then also as a result, it's best to use sunscreen daily. Um, that helps to prevent some of this hyperpigmentation. Which is, uh, using sunscreen, that's always a good idea. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, then another condition, keratosis pilaris, is a common complaint found usually on the tops of the thighs, the backs of the arms, or on the buttocks. Keratosis pilaris often appears in the winter and is characterized by small, roughly textured bumps. People often think it looks like goosebumps or chicken skin. <laughs> um, I don't mean to laugh about that, but I don't know. Just, but that's <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. It's not harmful, but it can be embarrassing depending on the severity of the condition. It is caused by excessive accumulation of small dry skin particles around the hair follicle, which forms a plug, and it's best treated with mild exfoliating treatments and moisturizing lotions. And then eczema, this typically affects the backs of the knees, insides of the elbows, and the face, but eczema can occur anywhere on the body. I've had a patch of eczema before. Yeah, I've had it on... It's like a rough patch. Yeah, I've had bit. it on different places too. Flare-ups are often brought on by stress or topical irritants such as shampoo or soap. 
Um, I've noticed it tends to happen when I'm allergic to something too. Dry, scaly, red, itchy patches that can crack and weep are common signs of eczema. It is often associated with allergies, like I had said, so finding the trigger greatly reduces the onset. If you would like to have more detailed information about eczema, you may want to listen to podcast number 16. You can find that on my website, livewellpodcast.com. That episode covers eczema in more detail. Um, I have information on specialized specialized products. Um, it is common for most people to spend money on quality products for their faces, but they often pay little attention to the needs of the skin on their bodies. This is especially true of cleansing and hydrating products. Yeah, I think that is true that because people see our face all the time, that seems to be where people put their focus and their money. So they right. tend to want to make their face look really good. And then oftentimes the body, I think, tends to get neglected. Uh, so for cleansing, bar soaps typically used on the body can have a high pH factor that leads to irritation and dryness. Because the skin on the body is already dry, cleansers designed for use on the body with a balanced pH, usually between 4 and 6, should be used to combat specific conditions. Ingredients such as salicylic acid for exfoliating can be incorporated into the cleansers. Cleansing products containing these active ingredients are only beneficial when the ingredients are left in contact with the skin long enough to take action, so for a couple minutes. So if you're using a cleanser that has some type of, um, you know, an exfoliating ingredient in it, while you're putting the cleanser on your face, if you can massage it, the cleanser into your skin for a few minutes, that helps to keep it on that skin to kind of get that um, ingredient active. I use an Arbonne cleanser. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, For hydration, uh, daily skin hydration is important for the body, as it is with facial skin. Body-specific hydrators are often heavier than facial moisturizers. You want ingredients that attract water moisture and hold it in the skin. Because the skin thickness is different on the face and the body, we should not use body products on our faces or face products on our bodies. Products for the face are specifically designed with smaller particles so that the ingredients can better penetrate the thinner skin. And body products are designed specifically for the, th- for the thicker skin and needs for the body. That is true. Um, so that is a, a good reason why we want to keep face products for the face and body products for the body. I actually would sometimes use like the cleanser on like my arms in the shower. Um, but I guess maybe I shouldn't do that since it's meant for mainly my face. Well, the... The products are made differently because the skin on the face is thinner. The products, uh, the ingredient particles are much smaller so that they can um, penetrate that thinner skin. And because the skin on the body is thicker, the particles tend to be bigger. Um, So you especially don't want to use body products on the face because it's not going to penetrate the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's best since, since the skin is different, it's best to use body products for body and face products for face. Exfoliation. Gentle exfoliation is important for keeping the skin on the body free of impaction or plugging up. This exfoliation can be mechanical, which would be uh, examples would be using scrubs that have small smooth beads in them. I, I know I've said this before and again, I do not recommend anything that has like ground fruit pits or other jagged materials in them because, um, those definitely need to be avoided because they can cause excessive irritation and they can even scratch and damage the skin. So any kind of particles in an, in some type of a cleanser, those need to be really small, smooth particles. 
Chemical exfoliation is also highly effective, and this is generally what I tend to like. Um, it's highly effective for treating most of the common skin conditions of the body. So things like glycolic acids, salicylic acid, or alpha-hydroxy acids are some of the chemical exfoliants, and you can look for cleansers or creams that contain these ingredients for exfoliation. So often we are concerned about the skin on our face because that's what people see. I hope that today's podcast helped you to understand the importance of paying attention to the skin on our bodies too. Our bodies need care and treatment just as much as our faces, and caring for all of our skin can give us an overall healthy feeling just knowing that we're treating our bodies the right way. Thanks, Sally. Thank you. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. We hope you got something worthwhile from today's podcast, and we hope you'll join us for the next show. Our plan is to bring you simple tips that will allow you to live better. If you have any questions or want to hear a specific topic on our podcast, please call us or email us. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at 312-957-7087 or email us at feedback at livewellpodcast.com. We might even use your question on our next show. You can also find us at livewellpodcast.com, our website. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Lord willing, we will be with you on our next show. Have a joyful, healthy week. Simple information to help you live well and bloom where you are.